Welcome to the Empowered Women's Podcast. You're joined with yours truly, Amanda Mikolov, and this is episode number nine. So today I'm having a chat with Miranda Clare, who refers to herself as the soulmate coach, which basically translates to the fact that she's a professional matchmaker, a leading love expert, and couples coach. So Miranda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Amanda. I'm so excited to be here. I know, I know. Can I tell everyone how we met? Of course you can. (laughs) So full (laughs) disclosure, Miranda um, hit me up on the DMs on Instagram and um, she's like, so look, I've been following you for a little while. I love your vibe and um, I think I might have a client that I'd like to match you with. So um, yeah, we had a chat about that and uh, it was interesting. It was really interesting. So obviously the person you wanted to match me with wasn't really my thing, but we did have an interesting discussion around other things and but namely so obviously what you do. Um, so I'm more interested to go into that today just to give everyone a heads up. We are going to cover some love languages, uh, love language stuff, I should say. Uh, but before we do, let's tell everyone a little bit more about what you do. So Miranda, how long have you been a matchmaker for? Okay, yes, thank you for, for telling our, our lovely story. It was so nice of you to reach out. I, um, <laughs> obviously, we, we didn't necessarily have a friend in common and I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and I'm one of those people that if I <laughs> have a sort of little vibe about connecting with someone, I just don't mind reaching out. But, you know, someone with your profile, you never know if you're going to get a reply back. And right. when you're like, oh, lovely, I'm like, oh, my God, she's down to earth and lovely. I can't wait to find her a soulmate. But anyway, um, <laughs> and then we ended up realizing that we were soul sisters and we need to go on podcasts and it was all fun. And, yep. yeah, and Amanda and Miranda matched so far. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it um, kind of sounds like Amanda. But I a mandarin or, you know, it's a it's a bit oh. of a spin. But, yeah, we are soul sisters, Definitely. 100%. My voice member to you was like, hi, Amanda, it's Miranda. And I'm like, damn it, it's not one of those 1980s voice records that can try that again. Okay, keep going with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, back, back, I'm going off on tangent queens, but I, I am a matchmaker and love expert. So I work with people around falling in love with themselves from a self-love perspective, and I do that as a mentor or a coach. I also help singles meet their soulmate through mentoring and matchmaking, mm. and I also work with couples in the couples space and I have done that for it's probably been around 11 or 12 years actually it's more I got the LinkedIn anniversary so it's probably more like 13 now okay and yeah it's um my my career like like a lot of people's takes a few zigs and zags which involved being in different niches before I fell in love pun intended with the love niche but Mm. um yeah I really think there's there's a big need for it I know I personally have been on that self-love, single to soulmated and heartbroken and everything in between journey myself yep. and whilst doing it and swiping and being ghosted and breadcrumbed and every other ingredient you can imagine, I went, right, we've got to solve this problem in this country, people, because mm. love's our deepest need. I've actually worked with some of Australia's top matchmakers as well as being an experienced relationship coach. So it's time to put my superpowers to use because I needed it and I know a huge chunk of the population needed as well. So the service that you offer, how does it work? Mm. Do people come to you, they pay you a fee and then what, you keep them on your books and then you try and match make them? So I, having worked in both the coaching, personal development fields, as well as the matchmaking, I am someone that honesty is my top value and integrity is as well. So I wanted to find a real niche within both industries that really put results and client first. Mm. And I think sometimes the problem with the coaching industry is results are a little bit intangible and fluffy, even though they're powerful. Mm. Um, And with the matchmaking industry, sometimes to guarantee that you're going to have someone make the love of their life after paying five to 10 grand is a bit unrealistic Mm. and it it absolutely could happen, but there's a lot of disappointment and and letdown as well. So I wanted to solve that problem by actually putting coaching first and matchmaking as a feature alongside that. So you pay a fee, you work with me for 10 weeks, we coach fortnightly to fall in love with you, become the most dateable version of you, get clear on what you bring to a relationship Mm. and what you want from a relationship. And then we work holistically to update your Tinder profile if you want to do the online thing, tap into your network and start networking online and live more powerfully and me as a professional matchmaker work Mm. my Cupid magic alongside that as well because then you can really deliver on measurable outcomes, whether it be your Tinder profile, your style overhaul, introductions, and it just has a lot more results and integrity as well as the breakthroughs behind it. So that's kind of how I do it. 
Cool. So not only are you, you you're offered like an internal service, but you also get them to go, okay, how are you marketing yourself to the external world? Let's yeah. look at, you know, how you're shaping. Let's look at your love resume, so to speak. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like being a recruitment consultant and outsourcing your love life rather than your career. Amazing. Okay. So can you tell us about maybe some of the, I know you probably can't drop names, but you, you've mentioned Ooh. you've worked with some celebs, athletes and astronauts. Tell us about, a little bit about that. That's intriguing. Absolutely. I, obviously, being a coach, I do sign a, a confidentiality agreement, but I can talk high level in a way that you would never be able to necessarily identify the people. But mm. um, I, yeah, I, I've worked with, you know, Aussie celebrities that are singers and, and things like that to really transform things like self-love, which is maybe showing up around a fear of public speaking, mm. where they owned the spotlight when they're, you know, singing and tapping into their gift. But when it comes time to the talky bits in between the songs, they freeze up and all their childhood wounds come up. So that's a example of self-love so that they can really expand and have abundance within their career due to that, you know, little kid that's going, oh, I'm scared of public speaking. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the the kind of the astronaut stuff, I have to be careful about how much I mention because they're quite yeah. niche in that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I... Um, I, I worked with a beautiful, beautiful astronaut around, you know, peak performance, self-love and, and every element because I, I believe that relationships are a reflection of the relationship you have with yourself and life is relationships. So there's a real synergy between self-love, soulmates and love of life and we kind mm. of worked holistically and all of that with with that particular amazing out-of-space client of mine and, <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's, yeah, I, I've worked with producers, with musicians, with people that are on shows like The Voice, um, and it's um, yeah a, a recent success story. Sometimes I directly manifest clients and I'll introduce them, and I, I have that happening regularly where I'll connect two people and they'll be like, "OMG, mm. I know exactly why you connected me with this person." There's so much um, soul connection rather than the swipe connection on the online gotcha. space. It's like. Yep. I really like to roll things out so it feels different to the online. So mm. online it's like visuals first, chemistry first, a quick bio first and then soul second if you yep. even get the chance. Yeah. Whereas I'm a matchmaker so my, my chemistry and hormones aren't getting in the way of a match. I'm actually matching you on several points of soul compatibility. Then there might be a phone call, then there might be a Zoom and then you can look forward to the date. And I'm telling you where you're meeting mm. up, what you're wearing and it just takes all the bullshit How out of that? it. That's great. And, then you, you basically break Maybe up. Maybe I should have taken you up on your offer. Well, Amanda. <laughs> it's, um, it's never it's too, late. too late. Never say never. <laughs> <laughs> That's quality. I had to ask yeah. you, sorry, I wanted to drop the joke in. Was the all results with the astronaut, was it out of this world? Pardon the pun. Oh, my God. She had stars in her eyes, darling. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's always concerning when two females start making dad jokes, but I'm all down with that. It's, yeah, it's um, the best. Yeah, yeah. No, so <laughs> okay. Yeah, I spoke to her today. She's actually rebooked with me um, a couple of times and and was like, yeah, I, I've got this rule that when I work with clients, okay. if I wouldn't be mates with you or do business with you, I'm not going to coach you or matchmake you because I really believe unless you can see your client as exquisite mm. and unless they can see you as the same, it's too much of a personal thing to yeah. be working on if you don't have that connection. I think if you can see yourself uh, having a drink with your client, yes. great. But if you can't, then don't take them on because then it becomes a totally. painful process. I mean, obviously, being a PT as well, mm. I've really got to like my clients because it is a very much a personal experience for them too. Yeah. So... And um, mm. yeah. and they expect they they expect it. Sorry to cut you off, Miranda, but they expect that f- element of friendship in the coaching space yeah. as well. Definitely. And by the way, mm. please do interrupt me because I talk a lot and I'm um, of <laughs> Hungarian heritage. So rather than pausing, I just get louder. So I'd actually love right, it if cool. you didn't on the podcast. Yeah. There you go. So <laughs> if we fight on air, guys, you know why? Okay. <laughs> um, all right. What's yeah. your best success story then? I'm just going to think of the first one that comes to mind and trust my, my intuition. This is one where I didn't necessarily directly match the people like I was talking about earlier, but it was mm. super recent and I've been getting loved up checks all week, so it's top of my mind. Yeah. But um, I, I worked with a beautiful lady who, um, you know, had done a lot of personal development, knew what she wanted, was at that age where she wanted a child and really wanted to meet her soulmate, you know, not just have a companion but really have that soulmate. Sure. And we did work together on her 
her belief systems, what she's manifesting, how she was showing up and what she was going after because, you know, it's um, sometimes we can think we want one thing and we're putting messages out there to the universe about what we think we want Mm. and it's a total blind spot. That's our childhood wound or our hormones talking, whereas what we actually want and need can be a real blind spot to us. So we did some work around that and really went from attracting kind of narcissists because Mm. we like the danger, the variety, the uncertainty, the banter, the sexiness. The love bombing. All of that. Um, And, and, you know, uncertainty and variety is one of our six human needs, but, you know, so is sleeping at night. Um, We we changed that up to really go for for someone that had integrity and empathy, but, you know, enough banter and enough connection and spirituality to replace all of the variety that came from slightly more toxic things. And she, um, you know, with all of the manifestation, visualisation, getting really clear on who we are and what we want and shifting patterns in the way that has manifested her person and it's um like all relationships it, it's um been a journey you know they're not all smooth sailing and growth is why we manifest them as well as love mm. and um yeah she she's really really happy and um sending me regular updates about how connected they are she met her person and went from not knowing if she would have a bubba to kind of being really excited about connecting with your soulmate and planning the future so it's really beautiful to hear those those messages that's incredible how good is that all right on that note miranda miranda yeah. from sex in the city we are now oh. <laughs> more of a, uh, only your hair's not short it. and orange it's uh long but, and dark which one would you be i think i'm very much carrie wow that was a twist plot i love it yeah look but you know what i think with shows like that I think we find a little bit of each woman inside of all of us. We're a little bit neurotic. We're a little bit of an overthinker. We're a little bit daydreamy and we've all got a sex kitten hidden in there somewhere. So, and that's right. What's that? They're archetypes, so we've all got a little bit of all of them. Yeah, and that's what makes them all so lovable and relatable because we know that we're not just one person. We can be, uh, we can be so many, you know, so many personalities rolled into one. So. Today, we're going to talk about love languages, which I think is the – if we can work out the recipe, okay, Mm -hmm. if we can work out this recipe because we all express love differently. And I think – I think I've got mine worked out and I really know that for me, like I need words of affirmation. I need to be – I need need my partner to be able to express their feelings – Otherwise, mm-hmm. I struggle with where where we're at, for example, and I love physical touch. Beautiful, right? So yeah. I know they're my two. Yeah. Now, if someone, for example, say, um, I'm going to start it with a question, and then you can go back and kind of put your own spill into this, right? But if someone you're dating is not really expressive. Mm-hmm. but they like to buy gifts for you as their way of expressing their lo- their their attraction to you, whatever, right? And they struggle mm-hmm. with sort of opening up. Um, how does – I mean, because that's real black and white, right? But mm. you know the attraction's there. You know that there's good chemistry there. You know that there's, there is warmth, but it's expressed in other ways and they drop in words of affirmation here and there and you're like, okay, cool, this is enough to sort of keep me intrigued. Yeah. How do you both meet each other's love language? Great question. I'm actually trying to overcomplicate this question by going which sex in the city character would be what love language, but I think I'll park that because my uh, (laughs) brain actually is hurting. So (laughs) I really think that, you know, an intimate partner, the word gives it away, they are your intimate partner. They're not your friend, they're not your psychologist, they're not your ex, they're not your parents. That might have been a bit of a news news flash for some people. I know that I've had to go through that learning. Really? Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, But the... um, the intimate, the word intimate is into me see, into me see. And so if you can't let someone see into you, then they're not ideal for your intimate partner. So step one is actually having the conversation about love languages because you can't know what you don't know. Mm. And for a lot of people that have done love languages or personal development, <clears throat> pardon me, they will know what these are. They'll be aware of their own. They'll be aware if there's synergy or not. And Sometimes we can take that for granted, whereas Mm. for some people, they don't even know what a love language is, let alone the fact that they're not meeting yours. So 
I think to sit down and actually, you know, have a nice D&M, especially for words of affirmation, maybe combine all the love languages as you explain them. So, you know, for the words, you can say, let's have a D&M. You mm. can be touching the hand while you do it. Maybe bring them a little surprise. Make sure your phone's off for quality time mm-hmm. and, um, you know, maybe even cook the meal as an active service. So, um, but what I would say is to present it on the table and go, hey, we're getting to know each other. Um, do you know about love languages? If they don't, then explain it to them. And yeah. I'm happy to give you a very quick taco metaphor shortly. Um, and <laughs> if they do know what it is, then you can say, awesome, what are you, what am I? Put it on the table. And if yeah. they don't know, do the quiz. Happy to send it to anyone if they need it. And from there, it's a matter of going, yay, let's build rapport over the fact we got the same ones. If we do, and you probably won't need to ask if you do, you'll just be topping up each other's tank all day. Yep. But And it's like, how can we really explore that and do it more and get even more excited about the connection? And if there's differences, it's about brainstorming the kind of tools that I've got in mind to share with you guys today, time allowing, um, to be able to kind of learn each other's language because I see love languages as literally languages. So imagine if you had a partner and you were Chinese and they were Lebanese Mm. and you both badly into each other, Mm. but one of you is screaming I love you in Chinese and the other one's screaming I love you too, you know, in the opposite language. Mm. It's not going to hit the spot because you're speaking different languages but the intensity of the love is the same but you're speaking in the way you want to be spoken to or in the only way you know how. Yeah. And so love languages are the translator. It's like getting Google Translator out, sitting there over a romantic meal and going, ah, we both love each other, assume the best, but we speak different languages. Let's learn some tools to learn to call new languages. And that effort and that learning can be part of the adventure we go on together and we can celebrate, you know, double the amount of love because we've got all different kinds of love languages and more than we would have if we didn't have differences, if that makes sense. They need to teach this stuff in high school because everything we do through day-to-day is a relationship of some sort. 100%. You know, when you learn health and when you have health, that health subject, and you learn about Mm. the female and the penile and all the rest of it, they need (laughs) to throw in, you know, a section of love languages because it's so fascinating. So and it mm. yeah, it applies to everything from parenting to management, even as a in the fitness industry as an expert in that field, it's like if your client loses a bunch of weight or achieves their goal, maybe their goal is to put on weight, mm. it's like if their words of affirmation, they want to hear, Well done, I'm so proud of you. If they're touch, they want a comforting squeeze in the shoulder to go and just like nod at them and smile like you legend. If they're gifts, they're gonna want a little present, even if it's from the two dollar shop saying number award number one award winner if it's time you throw in a free session to say well done i want to give you more of my time if it's acts of service um say to them like you've blown me away so much with your testimonial you gave me i noticed you're a beautician why don't you give me a makeover or, or you know show me what you do and i'd love to share that with my network for you mm. so it's like this is not just romantic it, it really shows up there mm. but it's like it's appreciation language it's not just intimate love I think the most important message here is no matter how you can bang your head against a wall, your partner will always express love in a different way and it's not about trying to change it but it's about knowing how to help um, help it grow and bloom. And once you understand yep. that language, you can both speak um, fluent, fluent love. On that note, yep. let's break it down section by section. So let's talk about the first love language. What does it look like? What is it? I'll give you the high level and then I'll go into the details. So high level, I'm going to come back to the taco metaphor, if that's okay. So the taco love languages, this Mm. is stolen off the internet. It's a cute little meme. Mm. Words of affirmation would be your tacos are delicious. Acts of service would be I made you tacos. Mm. Receiving gifts would be here's a taco. (laughs) Quality time would be let's go out together for tacos. And physical touch would be let me hold you like a taco. I would have said (laughs) eat my taco. I don't know what love language that is. I think there's a sixth one. So that's physical touch. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, far out, man. Oh, you know you're living when you laugh at your own jokes. It's all part of that dad joke thing we got going. Oh, so that's really clever. Okay, Okay. that's amazing. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. So I wanted to ask, do you think you might be full of shit? Now, what I mean by that is, are you having some serious bloating issues of late? 
or have you just been overeating on junk food for way too long and you're left feeling a sense of brain fog or even having some skin breakouts? Then maybe what you need is to try something completely different and take a visit to my friends at Gravity Colon Therapy. I had a session with them the other week and I was absolutely fascinated with what came out on the other end. Now they've got clinics based out of Brisbane and also Southport on the Gold Coast. These guys are the only place in Queensland which offers the Woods Gravity Method, which is the safest, most comfortable and effective method of colonics there is. So to book your first session, visit gravitycolontherapy.com.au to get 25 bucks off your first session and let the owner Christy know that Amanda sent you. Okay, back to the show. All right. I just thought it's a nice little metaphor, and we all love, you know, food and, and tacos. Yeah. <laughs> you and <Amanda> <laughs> Fuck, I can't wait to listen back on that. That's hilarious. Oh, all right. Okay, back, back to the agenda. We digress. So yes. what what I the, – the format that I would love to share it with you in – yes, I'm very organised. I scribbled down on my notepad a few notes I wanted to share with your beautiful Amazing. listeners. Yes. So um, basically just an, another key thing is when you're having that chat – have an attitude, not like it's a hassle that you need to translate the two different languages, but have it as a excitement point. So if you eat meat and your partner's vegetarian, you can either eye roll at that and go, oh, God, how annoying, mm. or you can go, I'm so excited to cook them a vegetarian meal and learn a new recipe and show them how thoughtful I am. And that's a bit acts of service. But you've, you've mm. got to see the adventure and the excitement and the romance and the differences, right? So I'm having deja vu. Oh, you're mm. a vegetarian flashback? No, no, but I did date one on TV once and that was fucking interesting, let me tell you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, matchmaking. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. so, um, so basically, yeah, lean into it. Don't lean away from it if you've got differences. It's cool. And what you want to find out is what your person's top two love languages are because often people are greedy and they say, oh, I love all of them. But the reality is we have a top one or a top two and that's all we're interested in because we won't remember more than that and we also want to know which one is their least because some people are actually uncomfortable with some of them so it's not just oh they're all my favorites but here's the order some of them are like i hate gifts they make me so uncomfortable or i hate compliments they make me want to cringe to death so you kind of need to know that stuff so it's not just what ones do we do but are there any that we actually don't do and what i would say is with words what I've broken it down into is what the flavour of your communication should be, mm. things that you should do and actions that you should not do for this love language. So how long have we got? Because I'm a Mate, go, go for your life. This good? is an intro. Yeah, there's no time okay. limit on this one. That's fine. Go for it. Well, get comfortable and I hope everyone has their Christmas pyjamas ready. Okay, good. Well, I'm starving. No. So unless you want to come here and make me a meal. <laughs> that's it put on a roast let's get comfy guys (laughs) okay so with words of affirmation which i'm just going to shorten to words because i don't like fluff Mm. the way that you would communicate to someone who loves words would be loads of compliments you're beautiful you're pretty you're attractive uh loads of encouragement well done you nailed it Really listen to them when they're talking because they probably love being talked to and love talking as well. And and paraphrase. So if they use the word awesome 200 times, don't come back to them and say, oh, that's beautiful. You can, but make sure you throw in an awesome because that's Mm. their favourite word. You're going to light them up like a Christmas tree. Gotcha. Do public acknowledgements. So if, you know, in a PT context, maybe you could, provided that they're not a massive introvert and they're not going to die of embarrassment, Mm. maybe, you know, if they have lost lots of weight, you know, find out if you can put them in the newsletter, put a few words of affirmation in there or something with their permission. Uh, If if you're going out for a dinner with friends with this person, maybe clink a glass and just say, I want to give a shout out to the person that I'm dating because they are wonderful and they've just achieved X, Y, Z, or I just really love them. You know, give them a shout. Hmm. Things that you do do in terms of actions, yeah. and by the way, in, interrupt this little talkative B whenever you want to. No, um, things, <laughs> things to do is um, write them a note, send them a text, send them a love letter, do a little speech, talk about the feels and do it just because or do it intentionally or, you know, do it on the special occasions. I think it's really good to top up someone's love language with a real combination of nailing it when it's kind of an anniversary or birthday but also throwing in the just because for that element of surprise. Yeah, yeah, love that. Things things you don't do to a words of affirmation person is criticism, 
non-acknowledgement mm. of big events or beige language. So, you know, they've lost lots of weight and you just go, oh, wow, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Good does not cut it. Yeah. That was freaking incredible to a words of affirmation person. You also need to realise that words comprise of written or actual spoken mm. and they also include tonality as well as the actual words. So you've got to get your tone right. So you can't say, yeah, that was phenomenal. I'm really, really impressed. <laughs> like you actually have to get excited yeah. and go, wow, that was phenomenal, babe. Well done. And another little thing is emojis or kisses on the end of a text. So it makes all the difference, doesn't it? It makes all the difference. Oh. If, if your words of affirmation, yep. you notice that stuff. And if it's there, you love it or just kind of are at peace with it. And if it's not there, it's like a major breach of the love language laws of etiquette. All right. Like I'm to the extent that if someone normally gives me three kisses and then they give me one, I'm like, where's, where's the other fucking two kisses? Like what I'm happened so- to the other two? What happened? Oh. Did we like, are you feeling oh less God. love today? <laughs> I agree. I agree completely. I've told my partner. If you're driving or busy or being direct, I would rather you don't text me than text me a three-word answer with no text or emojis because I'm used to five emojis. If I get four, I'll think, he's off. If I get three, I'll think, oh, my God, what's happened? If I get two, I'll be like, he hates me. And if I get one, I'll be like, okay, great, he's moved to Mexico and blocked my number. So, <laughs> And I'm words of affirmation. So it's really, really <laughs> I know, we look into that stuff. I really overthink it. But you know what? It's like if I'm sort of like feeling a little bit of love, I'll give a person a one kiss or yeah. I'll match. I'm really matching, mirroring a lot of people too. If they give me one, I'll give them one. I'm not going to give you fucking three if you're only going to give me one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is something that's always bugged me though because yeah. some, a lot of love experts talk about equal investment. But then the question is who's leading the investment? Because if we're all sitting there, waiting to match the other person's investment or who's the first investor. It's like a chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. So it's like who's leading here? And I think that's where we can get a little bit confused. And it's also with love languages, this is a real counterintuitive little nuanced thing about them. But it's like if someone has a love language, it's their favourite thing if you meet it. It's their least favourite thing if you neglect it. But it's also a highly sensitive thing. So, for instance, my top one is words, second one is touch. And I sometimes people think because I'm so talkative and bubbly and you can get that affectionate energy from me, they think that they just have permission to come up and hug me and high-five me and get in my space. But I'm like, because it's my love language, it's actually sacred to me. And so if I don't feel like getting the love from you, it's actually too intimate Mm. at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense as well? Let me ask you something. If you're upset... Is anyone allowed to hug you? Because I'm like, don't touch me when I'm upset. Exactly. But it's like, you know know that thing we do in relationships where we say the opposite of what we mean? Like, babe, don't get me anything for my birthday. Please don't. And then when they give you a card or nothing, you're like, fuck you, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a bit like that with the hug during the fight because it's like, oh, my God, they're approaching me trying to hug me and I feel like the whole quick steam coming out of my ears, don't you dare touch me. But then if they don't do that, and you're talking to your soul sisters about it, it's like, how did they not know I just needed to be held? <laughs> so, this is where women are complex. Like us um, us women, yeah. we are complex because we never – if a woman says I'm fine, mate, you know she's not fine. Run. She's pissed Run. off, right? So yeah. this is where, you know, yeah. all right, let's just say you're out to dinner, um, you're out with your partner, someone is hassling your partner, you just stand there and do nothing about it, but she doesn't want you to get into a fight, she'd probably deep down rather you stand up, get into a fight, than do nothing about it. Even though okay. she might have said one thing, she really just wants you to, to stand up and take charge as well. So okay. it's kind so of like a, yeah. Exactly. So to un- unravel the riddle of the fabulous goddess known as women and you know regardless of gender humans in general that run this pattern Mm. uh, what i what i would and it's just complex psychology 101 right but what what i think is a really great approach is just to cover all bases without being a doormat so if you got someone in a fight and you don't know whether to hug them or not hug them either walk out and say i'm going to give you space but please know that what i want to be doing right now is hugging the crap out of you or mm. do the opposite, which is I know that you probably want it, want space and want me to piss off right now, but I'm going to hug you anyway. Because mm. see how you're actually covering all bases because you don't know and they probably don't even know what they need either. And so you're just taking a gamble, you're following your intuition, you're knowing their love language and you're verbally kind of 
padding it out so that they can see that you're really trying and you're willing to give them what they need, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, very good. So same with the fight at the dinner dinner table. Same thing where it's like I'm going to walk away right now, but please realize I want to punch them in the face. Yeah, and you know. We're not promoting domestic violence or violence here, but um, it's like, or actually be really assertive yeah. and just say there was a part of me that just wanted to run away and hide because I hate conflict, but my fight or flight response took over and I really care about you and I'd rather do it and apologise later than not do it and you think I don't have you back. Yeah, okay, good point. All right. But so basis approach, yeah. Hmm. Okay, what's the next one? Touch. So with a touch person, um, when you're communicating, use nonverbal communication. So instead of saying yes, actually nod your head. Instead of saying I'm there for you, actually give them a squeeze on the shoulder. Instead of looking at them and saying you look beautiful, look them up and down with an exaggerated head motion and go, wow. Yes, that's still a word, but you've got the whole body language happening there. Mm, um, I love that. Totally. Touch them to say your mood. So, um, you know, if you're tired don't reject them because rejecting physical touch, even though you don't have to do what you're not in the mood for, it's like that's a breach of their love language, which we'll get to. But actually just curl up and put your head on their lap and say, I'm so tired, and then nuzzle in. Show them what mm. you are mm-hmm. rather than trying to tell them what you are or rejecting what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, what you do do with actions is hugs, kisses, public displays of affection, but check that they're into it because it might be that it's so intimate that they only want it behind closed doors. Yep. Be affectionate. <clears throat> massage them and it doesn't always have to be like an an aromatherapy massage it can just be a grabbing their foot on the couch and holding it you know um hugging them holding them hold them in a fight with permission or pre-frame it with the all options approach that we said intimacy prioritize it make it special make it meaningful um with things you don't do is you don't physically neglect or reject yeah ever with mm-hmm. the example I just gave about the curling up on their lap if you're tired rather than just going no and moving away. Mm-hmm. Um, don't um, don't minimise or say no to um, intimacy or affection because that's literally like slamming the door of rejection in their face. Mm-hmm. Like show them with your body what you are or aren't up for but make it reassuring physically and redirect them to where you're at rather than making it a really heady conversation or a physical rejection. Um don't give or receive affection in a cold way because they're very kinesthetic and very tactile. And it's a bit like with the words, you don't do it with a cold tone. Don't touch them if you're like in an angry mood and the emotion doesn't match up with the touch because they will feel it and mm. it'll be an insult. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. So, I can totally um, relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have to be fake, but being in a relationship, and being a parent and starting a business, there's different roles in life that are meaningful because you are tapping into something bigger than yourself. And when people are like, you know, it's my way or the highway, it's like, well, be single then. And it's not about being a doormat and losing yourself, mm. but you are actually signing up to be that person's raving fan and have them be your raving fan whilst working on self-love and not losing yourself. And it's a juggling mm. act, but it's like you're actually signing up that if they're vegetarian and you're not, you're going to, Make an effort with that stuff and they're going to make an effort with your stuff and you're going to make an effort to meet each other's love language. So even if they're all smoochy and touchy and you're not in the mood, then you need to snuggle up and say, look, I'm really tired and because I love you so much, I don't want to give you sleepy, touchy type. So let's do cuddles and we'll do that later when we're really, you know, energised. Mm. Okay. And so it's like there's so much reassurance and acknowledgement, but you're still honouring yourself but honouring what they are. Awesome. I love yeah. that. Yep. Very respectful. Absolutely. Whereas most people would be like, not now, I'm tired. And it's like, number one, you're probably physically rejecting your body language while you do that. And it's just, no, that's mean. Like, you don't have to be inauthentic, but just be aware of this stuff. People forget in relationships, because they get so comfortable with their partner, to yeah. to express a little compassion that, you know, don't lose the compassion just because they see you in your ugly every day. Like, you know, just because they see you, like, with no filter whatsoever, it doesn't mean that you need to completely drop your walls altogether. There has to be a sense of, um, I'm going to call it professionalism, that don't lose a tad of professionalism in your relationship because... (laughs) 
if your relationship was in the workplace and you spoke like shit to your boss, it wouldn't go down so well, Oh, right? my gosh, we're, we're vibing. I totally agree. Does that totally. make sense? Right. It really does. That's why I use the term raving fan because that's kind of a professional term that you would think you want your top client to be a raving fan. In fact, you want all your clients to be raving fans. Mm-hmm. And that means if your client's been a client for 10 years, that's not an excuse to take your foot off the pedal and start talking to the mic crap. Yes, you're comfortable, but that's actually when you need to think, hey, it's Christmas time. How do I spoil them even more? Because they could get comfortable and go sign up with a different business and I need yeah. them to feel the love more now because the honeymoon's over. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like especially in the coaching realm where you get too comfortable, too close as coaches, you can get complacent and you forget to court your client by keeping them loyal. And it's the same thing in a relationship. You forget to date them, you forget to do all those special things which keep that relationship exciting but that element of respect as well. Absolutely. If you There's a saying, if you do in the beginning, sorry, if you do in the end what you did in the beginning, you will have in the end what you had in the beginning. Good relationships with a honeymoon don't just happen they are created they are worked at they're committed to because you keep showing up you know on in the honeymoon period if you tell your partner to put out the rubbish you're basically skipping out to do it and six years in it's like don't talk to me like that don't tell me what to do and there's a reason why you're unhappy in the end and you weren't in the beginning Mm. yeah sweet all right interesting that was my 100 percent. the first two were mine so yeah um, if you're listening out there, wink, wink, now you know how to communicate with me. Moving on. Let's go. Beautiful. Well, let's move on to the other delicious three and, and hopefully Amanda is going to be getting lots of love letters, random texts, um, some speeches maybe, a massage or two. Oh, I love it. Especially when you're really into the person, the more they give, the more I want. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I, um, I, I don't like when people talk to the relationship base as a game, a relationship game. I like to call it a relationship dance. So it's more like a tango mm. where it's that really delicious mix of polarisation, masculine and feminine energy, no matter what your gender is. Yeah. And it's like come here, go away, but not from a, you know, head mess point of view, but from a that really beautiful smouldering intimate dance. And all of this stuff builds it, baby, even if it's different. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. agree. Okay. Beautiful. What's the so next gifts, one? Gifts. Back onto it. Mm-hmm. Gifts. Um, what you want to communicate with is in a thoughtful way, prioritise your sp- your spouse or your partner or who you're saying. You know, refer to them as your queen, your king, even my gift because they love gifts, you know. Um, when you do things with actions, give them gifts that they're going to look at it and they're going to go to their best friend and say he or she nailed it probably for the context of this, mm. um, you want to do nail it gifts on special occasions, birthdays, anniversaries, whatnot, and also nail it on just because occasions, you know. You just, just yep. spoil them, surprise them, done well at work or just for no reason. And you want to have gratitude at gifts because you've got to remember we speak to others in the language that we either speak, our native tongue automatically, or the language we want to be spoken to in. So if you get a gift from your partner, chances are they want gifts themselves. And if you don't like gifts, for example, you're uncomfortable with gifts, please don't go, oh, you shouldn't have, honestly, take it back. I either don't like it, don't need it, or just don't open it and just be cold about it. Mm. You want to actually put your stuff aside and go, wow, you nailed it. This is amazing because thank you so much. And just... Because, you know, it's like when you give to a charity, sometimes giving is better than receiving. So don't rob people of giving in their own love language Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's yours. Yep. Um, Have wrapping nailed, have card nailed because if there's no card or you just give them a card that just has the words with no writing on it, even though that seems like a words of affirmation thing, it's like it completes the gift. It's sloppy. So handwritten card and the card is well selected a gift that nails it and it doesn't matter how much you spend it's more about nailing it yeah and definitely have it wrapped never give them an unwrapped shove thing in a bag wrap it with a ribbon on top that the whole opening is key and nail everything from the ribbon to the wrapping to the gift to the card and just it's that element of mm. unwrapping it and nailing it okay well, love that yeah then we've got things not to do never forget a special occasion Never do not give a gift on a special occasion. 
and never ever get like a voucher with no card mm. and no gift. That you may as well get them nothing because then they'll have the illusion that you're planning something really big for later. Whereas by just giving them like some half-ass rebel voucher, they will literally have their blood boil and be like, "Okay, I'm moving to the Maldives without you." <laughs> to the Maldives. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Beware. Done. Beware. Okay. So yeah. That, that's gifts, and I mean, I, I would gift them with a trip to the Maldives, but I wouldn't encourage them to, you know, have you move there solo. That's all I'm saying. So with the time one, which is next, time is all about communicating in a way that's uninterrupted. So. Don't interrupt them. Don't have your eyes wandering all over the room and be looking at waiters and waitresses and being unfocused. Have a focus on one-on-one time. So if you've got a a partner that, you know, you're trying to squish in social time and one-on-one time and there's been a lot of barbecues or not necessarily in lockdown, but, you know, gatherings, then if you want to nail it, maybe just say, look, I love all the social stuff and the quality time with friends, but let me know when we can book in date night because I'd really love some one-on-one time with you. That will mean a lot. Yep. yep. Um, never have your phone on or be checking your phone or be preoccupied with anyone or anything else when you're with them. And things to do is phone off, us time, getaways, one-on-one time. Yep. And things not to do is to be distracted, have too much time apart. Don't ever use the words I'm too busy. That's like a swear word. It's basically saying I withdraw time for you or I don't have time for you or my time is for other people. Mm. And even subtle things because for those of you that know DISC personality, I'm a DI with an S heart and that means basically I'm really bossy, really bubbly and really caring. (laughs) So the bossy me Mm. is very focused. So I totally love and respect quality time but I can accidentally say to my quality of time's friends They'll be like, when can we catch up for some one-on-one time? And I should have got memo based on that comment, right? And then I'll be like, let me just check my schedule. Um, that is a swear word because I'm trying to set a time boundary there because I really value time. Yeah. But it's like my time. It's time efficiency. It's getting stuff done. It's being productive. It's my time boundary. That's what I love. Whereas they're about quality time. They're about sharing time. They're about there's no limit on the time together because that's my drug of choice. I love time. So saying things like let me check my schedule even though that's harmless to us to them it's like you've just said let me just check how much i hate you so don't say stuff like that Mm. um really act like you've got an abundance of time respect your own time boundaries but don't flaunt it in their face because it'll be quite a rejection okay cool sounds good sounds good i remember i dated yeah i I, one of my serious relationships makes complete sense now because she hated it when i was on the phone she yeah. hated it. I'll never forget. We went on, I took her on a, you know, a bit of a venture in the city. We were kind of working things out and we went on a date, went to the Eureka, Eureka Tower in the city in Melbourne and then we went to the Arts Centre and then um, I was exhausted because there was people everywhere and we we walked back to where the, the car was but we walked into this little food court bit and I just had to sit down and take five minutes to myself and just I, mm. the first thing I did was jump on my phone and she got so upset. She's really mm. upset, you know, and she's like, are you serious? And I go, what? I go, we've been together all day. Like, exactly. yeah. yeah, so it, it makes that, makes that, complete that sense. But it's you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know at the end of the day. But, you know, I really hope now, you know, anyone listening yeah. to this can go, wow, light bulb moment. Like, I, I can see where the issues are, are laying in our relationship. Now we can start to communicate a bit better. Um, Definitely. Yeah, good. Definitely. Good. Okay. I think, you know, in, in that example, you won't know that you were respecting your own need for me time, probably being time efficient, catching up on a call, having a bit of a, you know, a, a pattern interrupt. You've been in each other's face all day so yeah. that you could then go and come back to it with even more energy and spice. And yeah, to her, it was like a, a, a breach of the time thing. And how, how that could be handled differently is by her. Um, knowing that that was her love language, so not necessarily being oversensitive and maybe, you know, her being aware of that, but also you kind of maybe saying to her, hey, darling, because I don't want to interrupt our special us time together today, I'm just going to go to the bathroom and just take a bit of a breather and make a quick phone call because I don't want anything to be interrupting us and I'll feel a bit rude if I'm on the phone in front of you because this is kind of our special day Mm. and that would have made the world of difference. Cool. 
the key is how polite can you be in those moments when you just cannot be bothered? And that's the thing is, again, going back to what we said earlier, don't lose that element of professionalism when mm-hmm. you know that what you're about to do could potentially hurt their feelings. Just Raving fan. Think raving fan and how you measure it yep. is after I do what I'm about to do, say what I'm going to say or bring the energy or attitude that I'm about to bring, would they go to their best friend in the world and say, my soulmate is incredible that I'm the luckiest person in the world or are they going to go to their, their best friend and roll their eyes and go, can you believe this shit I had to put up with today? And I get it's exhausting and it's easier just to run your pattern and be a bit shitty and we, we all do that. But have a raving fan because if you want your relationship to feel like the notebook forever, you actually need to make effort like that when it's hard. You've got to show up when yep. you don't want to. Good point. Okay, what's yep. the next one? Cool. Um service so for the service person um this is all about action language in your communication so i will help it's about how am i going to take action yeah and you've got to make sure you follow through remember these people are not words of affirmation they are service which means action action so sometimes these people actually don't like words because it seems like it's the opposite of actions so if your words of affirmation, be really careful of this, that you're not just giving them loads of compliments and promises, wanting to fill up their tank and then you've forgotten what you've said because they will remember. You're better oh, off. I'm just going to stop you there. So what if the person, their two love languages is words of affirmation and acts of service? Then you tell them what you're going to do and you do it. Okay, cool. And if they're just uh, words, then you can just tell them how amazing that they are because I don't think anyone likes flakiness, but acts of service will no- notice it the most. Gotcha. Um, and if they're acts of service, I would probably under-promise, over-deliver and do the things that you want to do for them that are thoughtful without them being asked or without you promising that you're going to do it because then they're going to be maybe noticing the gap between you saying it and doing it, mm-hmm. whereas if you just do it, you've under-promised, over-delivered and filled up their tank perfectly with no expectations. Yeah, okay, all right, cool. So language like we've got this, that real we is is key so Mm -hmm. it's a sense of charity and service so think of yourself as mother Teresa, that is the queen of follow through with this language Mm. it is like i will help you let me do it for you let me do it with you we've got this i've got this for you i'm going to go out of my way for you i'm going to go out of my way with you and i'm even going to do it when you don't ask and i'm even going to do it when you tell me not to Mm. um and if you do ask my God, I'm going to do it yesterday because you shouldn't have to ask. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I am going to do, in terms of actions, chores for you and with you. I am going to do breakfast in bed. I am going to do the jobs that you like me to do. I'm going to do the jobs that you don't like to do yourself because that's charity. I am going to do stuff with you and for you. I'm going to have that sense of contribution and charity and think how can I, Mother Teresa, you in my actions as much as possible. Mm. I What I'm not going to do is request um, – oh, sorry, prioritise others and what they need over you and what you need. So because then you're you're taking your love and you're distributing in all the wrong places and you're neglecting me when it comes to an action and that's a breach. Yep. Another thing, you, you know, for instance, you have a partner and you're moving house, you would never ask them, I need you to help me pack up and clean my house because you probably are acts of service and your friends don't need to ask you. You just do it with them because mm. you love them. Mm-hmm. So you've told your partner I'm moving house. There's an unconscious expectation because it's who you are that they will help you if they at all can. You then speak to them and Friday's the move date and they say, "Um, oh, it's actually good that you're busy moving the house because I'm actually going to go out for a girls or boys night because my mate is going through a breakup and I'm going to be there for them. Uh -uh. (laughs) Don't do that. Yeah. It's like that's a real breach because you've taken your acts and the energy in your tank and your thoughtfulness and you've been Mother Teresa for someone else mm-hmm. and that that's just a real breach. And that person probably won't even know that all this unconscious stuff's happening. They'll just know that they're really triggered by you and you need to move to another country. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that finishes off all the love languages. Amazing. That was so insightful. Very, very interesting. Mm. Well, I hope people 
took a lot away from that. We're just over 52 minutes too, so that's a decent decent podcast indeed. So, Yeah, not bad for a Friday afternoon at all. So, Miranda Claire, people want to reach out to you. They can go to the website, can't they? Of course. Yep. So, is it? Read it out. MirandaClaireInternational.com? Yes, that's the one. No dot .au on that? No .au. It's um, the .com. And it is Miranda, just like the um, the suburb in Sydney, <laughs> or Miranda Kerr. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm, her, I'm her secret sister that actually um, probably eats and drinks a lot more red wine than her. And um, <laughs> it's Claire with an I. So C-L-A-I-R-E. But if you Google the Soulmate Coach, I will probably come up with bright red lipstick on somewhere. Amazing. And on Instagram, it's at the Soulmate Coach, one word. Yes. Yeah. At the Soulmate and I do 15-minute clarity sessions as a nice way to make friends with anyone that's interested in connecting and really transforming love. So anyone that's sort of interested, I'd love to offer that and um, and connect and we can go through the love language, language quiz together or whatever you want or need in the space of love. Excellent. Well, there you have it, guys. So make sure those links will be in the show notes below. So... Obviously, with this podcast today, thank you so much for listening. This really is a journey to help you begin your toxic relationship, um, understanding and hopefully recover from any issues you might be having. So always start from episode one and work your way through show by show just to be enlightened, educated and understood. I'd really appreciate any honest reviews you'd like to leave if you're listening on Apple Podcast app. Um, Otherwise, feel free to reach out to me personally. Links are also in the show notes below. If this episode struck a high note with you, take a screenshot, pop it on your socials and tag me at amanda.m.mikaleff. And also feel free to tag Miranda as well. But until then, stay safe and tune in next week. Miranda, thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome.